but we're family. I don't know. Every time I see her, we get into it. I dread the holidays. You know, I always leave his presence feeling better about myself. Oh, it's always something. She'll find something to criticize every time. Nikola Tesla said, If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Welcome to the Vanessa Landino podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Landino. Friends, there are only three Mondays left in this year, and I am so sorry that this podcast is coming out to you on Tuesday. Jared and I were traveling really late Sunday, and we had a baggage claim issue, and the podcast just didn't get edited the way it needed to be and recorded the way it needed to be, so we just put it off for one day. So we're coming at you Tuesday this week, but we hope, I hope, and it's really me driving this bus, um, that we'll we'll get it to you on Monday for the rest of the year. But there's just three more podcasts in 2021, and then we're calling a lid on the year. Another wacky COVID year, right? Another year under our belts. And this is a good time of year to examine how we're living. How'd you do? How'd you do this year? How was 2021 for you? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode called The Yearly Inventory. And a couple of you have written me asking me for the notes so that you could do your own inventory. And that's great. I'm happy to provide those. It's just a document. It's a PDF. I can just email it to you if you want the questions all laid out for you. Don't hesitate to ask. Um, it's easy peasy. So send me a note at the podcast at vanessalandino.com and I'll be happy to send that right out to you. So maybe we've been spending more time with family. Have you? I have. That's part of why. Well, that's why I was traveling. Seeing family and maybe that's pleasant. I hope it is. This was for me. Maybe it's unpleasant. It has been for me, (laughs) definitely. But I just got back from a weekend with family and it was actually lovely. And I'm close to this side of my family. And the reason we're close is, yes, there's a shared history. But that's the assumption, right? Just because you share history with someone doesn't mean you need to share life. There are much more important reasons for why we're close. There's shared respect. Um, I can ask for what I need, and my sister can ask for what she needs, and we honor each other. And that's what makes it safe, and it makes it fun. And it's fun because it's safe. And it's safe because it's respectful. And that, to me, is time well spent with family. But we spent some time talking about our experiences with our family members, and we've talked about when it's not so easy, and the parts of the family that have been harder for us to get along with, and why. And You know, the sister that I was visiting, we've got really different personalities, but the way that we've navigated our family is very often quite the same and very often quite different. But we agreed on the challenges and it got me thinking. And I was checking in while I was up there. You know, how am I feeling? At one point, I didn't feel heard and I noticed that, but I just, you know, kind of mentioned it lightly and it was so easy to hear. It was so easy to say. It was not a big deal. But You know, I just kind of checked into my body while I was up there and I thought, how am I doing? And I thought, this is great. I feel relaxed. And yeah, there are dynamics that make relationships a hell of a lot easier. Mutual respect, if there's healthy humor, shared memories, if there's commonalities, meaning the things you have in common, that's an easy place to connect, right? And then getting a little deeper, a sincere appreciation for who the other person is, genuine appreciation, When these qualities are present, we usually have a very promising, a thriving relationship, right? But I started thinking about the relationship in a different way. Not so much the qualities that make it work and the qualities that make other relationships in my family really not work, but the word that came to mind was energy. 
And I realized that the relationships I've come to treasure and maintain with loyalty, I'm committed to them, there's joy in the relationship, those are relationships in which I feel my energy is high. It's well invested. Yes, there's loyalty, commitment, and joy coming back at me. So it's reciprocal energy. And then I got to thinking about it and I thought, you know, the relationships I've distanced myself from where I keep my cards really close to the vest, you know these people. You don't give a lot. And if you do, it's difficult. Either they don't hear you or they argue you or they put you down. I mean, they're just hard, difficult relationships, right? These are relationships where I've noticed that my energy is like swirling down a drain. And I've noticed in the past, not so much anymore, thank goodness, but in the past, I would pour myself in and pour out my time, my energy, my resources, and the relationship did not grow. You know, it's like I'm laying bricks, but I'm not building a house. I'm putting forth energy, but it's not going anywhere. Those relationships are not any safer. They're not closer. They're not more evolved from the time and the energy. There's that word again. We're going to say that a million times today. The energy that I've spent on them. So I started asking some questions. Yes, I do this kind of internal work when I am visiting family. It's just sort of where my brain goes as I'm falling asleep or I might wake up really early, which is a curse. But I think, you know, and sometimes I pray or I meditate or I just sort of listen to myself breathe in the middle of the night if I wake up. But my thoughts go to these things like, what is it that makes an energized relationship? What kinds of relationships feed our energy stores? What kinds of relationships drain them? Why? What makes a relationship energizing, refreshing, replenishing? And what makes a relationship feel like we're running on fumes? We've all been there. It's like you've got nothing left to give. You spend time with someone and you leave absolutely exhausted. And then there are other people we spend time with and we leave energized. We could go all night. We kind of have to make ourselves go to bed, you know? Sometimes, and I know you all get this, sometimes we look back and realize years have gone by and we've been pouring ourselves into relationships that have not grown. We've been doing everything we can to make it grow. And it's just the same crap. Honestly, I hate to be a little crass, but it's just the same thing. It's the same conflicts, the same dead ends, the same hurts. It's the same energy. And maybe we can see relationships that we've invested in and they're different. They're better. They're closer. And very often that might mean that they're even more precious to us. The relationship is growing with us and we're entering new places of trust and joy. It's deeper. Maybe it's safer. That's a cool thing. We're more known, we're more loved, we're more respected, we're more appreciated. The energy is different, it's improved. So here we are, okay, at the close of a year, and maybe we're cleaning out closets. I feel like I did that and keep doing it a million times because I just moved. So, you know, you, you do the purge before you pack everything up and then you do another purge when you get in. Do I really need this? I thought I did two weeks ago when I packed it, but now I'm realizing I don't, you know, but we're kind of cleaning up shop, right? Maybe we're getting ready to start fresh. We're finishing books that we've started. Maybe we're crossing off some last minute items of Christmas shopping or things we want to accomplish or finish before we're in another year. So this week, I want us to look at our relationships. A couple weeks ago, we discussed a personal inventory, but let's hone in a little on the relationships in our lives. It's time to read the energy. 
You know, the title of this week's podcast is Read the Room, right? I love this phrase. This phrase has gotten so much traction in the last couple of years, really. And it's so funny because sometimes it's just exactly what needs to be said. You know, when people are just tone deaf, the joke doesn't land. They're loud in a library. You know, they're just inappropriate, whatever it is. You're just like, okay, read the room. Pick up what? The vibe. Read the energy. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to read the energy. We're going to read the room a bit and see where we are. All right, let's dive in. This word, energy, so many ways to explore and explain this phenomenon. It's pretty profound, this phenomenon we call energy. I remember being in Europe years ago and I was having a conversation with the person that ran the Airbnb I was staying in. And I, you know, the conversation just got super deep. Hello, it's me. And he was up for it. I mean, we just had this really neat conversation when I checked in and I remember saying, do you believe in God? And he paused for a moment and he looked at me and he said, I believe in energy. And I just thought, you know, in so many ways, there's no difference. You know, the Star Wars movies, which I'm not a big fan of the new ones if you're younger, but if you're maybe over 40, you remember the originals and they were awesome. Yes, they look like little claymation models, but we loved them, right? And there's this whole idea of the force. And the force is this energy field that can be used for good or evil. So the force is not just good. There's a dark side of the force and a light side of the force. But how you wrangle the force is sort of whether or not you're considered good or bad, right? It's a life force. Energy is our life force. It's a series of chemical reactions in the body. It's vibrational. We've been trying to grasp it for years through dramas, through movies, through poetry, through religion. But there is something in this universe that is propelling us forward. The universe is constantly expanding. We talked about that a little bit in the love podcast. What was it called? Love grows, right? That if we're constantly expanding in love, we are mimicking the universe. We are sort of created or evolved in the same way that the universe exists. And so we are beings of profound energy. And what do we mean by energy? Vibration, chemical reaction, We're talking about vibes, okay? So, and I know this gets a little woo-woo. I want you guys to hang in there with me for a little bit, okay? But our own energy is the frequency at which we're vibrating with life. And there is, and again, if you want to email me for this, I'll send it to you. There's actually a chart that some metaphysicists did on human vibrational energy and how the higher we vibrate with energy, the greater we are in states of love, hope, peace, truth, and the lower our vibrational energy. This was all measured. We are in states of shame, fear. Anger is actually much higher than shame. Anger has got its own pulse to it, but the lowest place of energy is shame. Doesn't that make sense? Like if you're listening to this, something has to just be registering where you're like, yeah, that rings true. Okay, so we have this sense about us that we're vibrating with some kind of energy. And maybe this podcast is making you aware of that right now. And that's a good thing. Some of us are naturally laid back. Okay, our energy is sort of slow, steady. That's how we vibe. Those are the vibes. And some of us are kind of always coming in hot. Our energy is bright. It's palpable. It's fast. So the lower energy folks often need to ramp it up and the high energy, the faster energy folks need to find ways to chill out, right? We're always trying to balance our energy. 
And man, I could probably talk for hours about how this works in relationship. But for right now, let's just focusing on what's going on inside us. Okay. And I'm going to say a little bit more about this later. You have your own energy. Take a breath. Notice how you feel. Where's the heat in your body? Where do you feel the electricity in your body? Because there's plenty. Now, let's talk a little bit about relationship. Energy in relationship is shared. It's dyadic. And dyad means two. So it's a dyadic experience of another person's energy. Our vibe meets their vibe. And we sort of dance together. We dance around each other. When the energy is shame-based, fear-based, anger-based, the energy affects the other person. It's conflictual. If the energy is loving, truthful, unashamed, safe, that affects other people. So this is important, okay? Whether we like it or not, whether we like a person or not, if we are in relationship with them, our energy is interacting and we're dancing together. Our energy is commingling with theirs and their energy has an effect on us. You know that old phrase, when I was writing the notes for this podcast, this phrase really just stood out to me on a different level. That old phrase that says, tell me who you walk with and I'll tell you who you are. This is because energy is contagious, good and bad. Uh, There's a passage in the New Testament of the Bible that says one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. But everybody knows that phrase, right? This is because of energy. Energy spreads. So positive, upbeat people can spread their energy and they can be pulled down. We all know this. And negative, bitter, cynical people can spoil a party or they can be lifted to optimism. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to hear me say this. It's important. It is easier to sink than to elevate. It is easier to sink into negative energy than it is to elevate someone else to your positive energy. Why? Because negative energy states are slower. Just like it's easier to slow down than it is to speed up when you're running or walking, It's easier to be pulled down and into someone else's negativity, whether it's bad patterns, poor habits, unhealthy behavior, unhealthy thoughts, dark thoughts, pessimistic thoughts, depression. It is so much easier to be pulled down than pulled up. And it is equally difficult to hold steady, stand firm, and lift another person up. We can do this for a little while, but you all know this, eventually it gets exhausting. And what happens when you've spent time with a low energy person who's pulling you down and won't be lifted up, you leave and you're just like, man, oh, that sucks for them. Now you're in a negative energy state. So notice how delicate energy is. Your energy is yours to protect. It is yours to share and it is yours to regenerate and replenish. This is why who we spend time with is so important. This is why our relationships are so important. Friends, we're all going to be in situations in life when we need to lift others. People will need our support at times. They're going to need our strength, our optimism, our love. They're going to need truth. They're going to need to feel safe and secure. These things lift another person up. But we can't be doing this all the time. Why? Because it's exhausting. And I'm going to say more about boundaries in a little bit. But setting a boundary with someone takes energy. Holding a boundary takes energy. Asserting yourself takes energy. 
Maintaining your dignity in the face of an emotional assault takes energy. Staying positive in the face of hardship takes energy. Staying proactive in the face of challenges and obstacles takes energy. Staying secure in yourself in a slew of criticism and negativity takes energy. These are energy draining experiences. So I want you to ask yourself right now, think of the five people that are closest to you. They're in your inner circle. It's who you communicate with the most. Maybe it's the five people you spend the most time with, the five people you text the most, the five people that you trust the most, that you invest the most energy into. Do they lift you up or do they drain you? And what is your role in the relationship? Are you lifting or are you being pulled down? Is it more joy than work or more work than joy? Think of the five people you spend the most time with. Now let's get into these dynamics a little bit more deeply, okay? One way to read the room that you're in and assess relationships is to ask yourself, is this relationship one way or reciprocal? A one-way relationship is a relationship in which one person in the dyad is consistently giving more than the other. Their energy is lifting the relationship. Their energy is holding the relationship together. Their energy is supporting the relationship. It's defining the relationship. It's driving the relationship forward. All of this is a one-way relationship if that is almost always one person. Now, look, every relationship from time to time is one way. Not one relationship in our lives will be reciprocal all the time, not even one. And I want to take a moment to highlight this because we're talking about adult-adult relationships right now, not parent-child. Parent-child relationships are actually one way. The adult's job is to parent the child, love them, protect them, provide for them, and the child's job is to grow up. And that's right. That's the balance of a parent-child relationship. And this doesn't mean that parents don't enjoy their children or learn from their children or benefit from the relationship, but it does mean that the parent's role is to provide for the child. And the child's role is to be a kid. Everybody has their job. This is a one-way relationship. Now, as children become adults, the relationship can be more reciprocal, and that's beautiful. That's an adult friendship with children, with parents, but the energy for many years is one way. This is why children are so draining. This is why adults have to get up again and didn't sleep through the night, but do it all over again for another day, right? Role reversals. And this happens in childhood. This is when children are caretaking the parents while they're children. This is hugely dysfunctional and sets kids up for codependent, wacky relationships as adults in childhood. When that relationship is flowing one way, that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. Again, that doesn't mean parents don't benefit and enjoy the relationship. It just means they know that that's not the kid's job. But what we're talking about today is adult-adult relationships. And if they're healthy, if they're satisfying, if you love this relationship, it's mostly reciprocal, okay? This means we give and we receive. We hear, we listen, and we are heard, and we are listened to. We show respect, we receive respect. We prioritize, and we are prioritized. We value, and we are valued. We are vulnerable, and we receive vulnerability. We address wrongs and other people are forthcoming with us. That's trust. That's an honest, healthy, adult, reciprocal relationships. Okay? When adult relationships are one way, there's something going on. 
And that could be a crisis or a major life event. So for example, if someone undergoes a death, they lose someone they love, a spouse, a, you know, a partner, God forbid, a child, a parent, whatever it is, that's a crisis. Or it's just sad. Maybe not. it's not a crisis, but it could be tragic. Um, if there's grief, if there's divorce, a major life upset, like a job loss, um, a house burning, an earthquake, a natural disaster, like all of our sweet friends up in Kentucky right now and in the Midwest. Um, life events would be illnesses, diseases, harm, anything that requires their full attention and energy to cope. Now think about that. Doesn't that make sense? Again, you only have so much energy. If someone is going through something in their life that's going to require every bit of energy they have every day to cope with it, the relationship shifts into a one-way relationship. Because if I'm not in that situation, I become the support. I become the strength. I become the housekeeper. I become the cook, right? Whatever is needed. We become the giver, the healer, even the savior, the friend, the confidant. We're the mother, the father, the helper, the servant. We do this because we love Our needs are now on the back burner. Why? Because the energy it will take to see their situation through must be totally applied to their own lives. There's no more energy to give. When you're going through a death, a divorce, a life event, a natural disaster, you're not baking cookies for people, right? You need to apply all your energy to your situation. We have finite energy. It's really profound when you think about it. You have enough for the day. And if you're dealing with a death, a divorce, a crisis of some kind, an illness, whatever it is, what have you, there's nothing left to give. Everything you've got is going toward getting through it. So the relationship could be one way, and this is natural. This is love. And it might also be one way if there's a major life event going on that will require all of their energy, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be something like a wedding or a move or a birth or a new job. This is a large event. Okay, these are huge life events. They require all of our energy. Again, this is all about energy. Relationships are a balance of energy all the time. And all of that energy has got to go into that life event. And if you're in that relationship with someone, it's a one-way relationship for a little bit, right? So those relationships might be one way. We might assist with the new baby. We clean the house. We do the dishes. We cook the meals. We're lending a helping hand with a big project. We're rooting someone on as they pursue a big dream. There's a big push in their life and all their energy is going into that. We're giving, they're taking, it's fine. That's how it goes. But what happens when our relationships are one way and it's the norm? Day in, day out, year in, year out, we're giving. We're giving a lot. We're holding the relationship together. And I am literally describing codependency. We're in the role of the caretaker, or we're the adult in the relationship, we're the mature one, or we're the punching bag, we're the emotionally available one, we're the responsible one, the peacemaker, the soother, whatever it is. When a one-way relationship gets habitualized between two healthy adults in one direction and there's no crisis or event going on, this is not healthy. Now, we could be in the other position. We could be in the taking position. What does that look like? It means we're chronically immature. You know, the sign of maturity is wise decisions made in self-sufficiency. That's basically what it means to be mature. Another definition of mature is selfless. I mean, I could talk about that for all day, but you know, 
this is what happens when we're in the taking position. We're immature. We allow people to pick up our slack. We're underperforming. We're not growing. We're not taking responsibility for ourselves. Other people have to remind us to care for ourselves, to make good choices. This is a one-way relationship, but we're taking. We're emotionally fragile or we're volatile or we're just emotionally immature. And we're just relying on other people to be there to absorb the blows, to absorb life's problems, life's obstacles, life's responsibilities. This is a one-way relationship. And we can be both. In some relationships, we might be the giver. In some relationships, we might be the taker. I know I've been in my life. I've been the rock for other people at times. And other times I was like a kite on the wind, just needing someone to hold me down. I've been both. It depends on the relationship, doesn't it? And it depends on the energy. So if you're in a one-way relationship and you're the giver, I'm going to say a few things about that, okay? First of all, it looks like this. You may always find that you're taking the high road. What does that mean? You are always the bigger person. You don't stoop to the level that other people stoop to. You don't get as mean. You're not as selfish. You're not as demanding. You're not as self-centered. You're constantly rising to the occasion and doing the right thing. Maybe you offer more respect than you're given. You can see others' value. You treat people with basic respect, with individual-specific respect. Maybe you treat other people with empathy. Maybe you treat others as you want to be treated, and it just doesn't seem to run both ways. You're disrespected. Maybe you're lied to. There's lots of ways to disrespect someone. People can be rude. They can be ungrateful, unappreciative, and you're just putting up with it. Maybe you're kind, but you tolerate unkindness. Maybe you've come to tolerate abuse or cruelty. You hold your tongue. You allow your anger to pass through you without becoming unkind and mean, but you allow other people to speak to you like you're garbage. Maybe you fight and defend yourself. You can't talk to me like that. But maybe you still hang around it. Maybe you still engage the energy. Maybe you're available in ways that other people aren't. That those five people in your life, those five people that you give the most to, maybe you're available in ways that they're not. Maybe you're in relationship with someone who can't give to you what you can give. You're the adult, they're the child. And the relationship works as long as no one gets real. So you talk yourself out of feeling your feelings. You make excuses for why someone can't meet you in the same depth or vulnerability. Maybe you overshare in relationships to make up for the lack of depth in other people. You're doing all the emotional heavy lifting. One person. The other person just gets to be clammed up, closed up, unavailable, and you're an open book. You're doing your work. The other person isn't. You're growing. You're learning. You're processing. You're changing. And it's the same old, same old with them. You're the emotional caretaker. This is the most common role in a one-way relationship. You're the listener. You're supporting. You're serving. The other person's just taking, enjoying, needing you, and taking some more. Whew. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I just described a one-way relationship, and I'm tired. If you find yourself in a one-way relationship, it's likely your needs were not met, addressed, or acknowledged in childhood. You were praised for being easy. You were rewarded for being simple. You just bopped along. 
Nothing wrong with that. But you just bopped along. You were just grateful. What an easy kid. What an easy kid you were. You just never complained. And what's the unspoken message? Don't have needs. Just be easy. You might find yourself in a one-way relationship. You might find yourself in one-way relationships if you had parents who had disabilities or if you had parents who weren't able to function on the level of their age. And this could be emotional. If you had emotionally immature parents, you might find yourself in a pattern of one-way relationships. You had to be the adult. You were the parent all too soon. And you're still maybe parenting your parents in your relationships. But somehow or another, your needs were not acknowledged. They weren't normalized. If we're in a one-way relationship and we're in the taking role, we were probably coddled or not held accountable as kids. We probably weren't parented in ways that we needed. We may have needed more structure. We may have needed things like chores, discipline, age-appropriate responsibilities. But if we operated in sort of a childlike role and we weren't responsible for our actions for far too long, we got away with a lot, we just weren't really parented with structure, we may be in the one-way relationship role where we're takers. We're used to people parenting us and just kind of coddling us and giving us what we need. And there's just not a whole lot expected of us on the other side. And this issue is one that we talk about a lot on this podcast because it's a huge issue in mental health, but we've got to come out of denial. And what do I mean by denial here? What does the relationship feel like? Read the energy. Read the energy. How do you feel? When we're in denial, we are more concerned with explaining why people are the way they are instead of noting how we feel in the relationship. This is called rationalizing. We're literally providing a rationale, a reason for why we believe people are the way they are instead of actually noticing how we feel in the relationship. Friends, we can do both. Understanding someone's story, it does give us compassion. But if we're going to have and build healthy relationships, we need to be aware of our energy in the relationship. Is it rising or is it falling? Is it replenished or is it drained? We don't have to sacrifice self-awareness in order to have compassion. A sound mind and a strong heart can hold both. You can be real, authentic, honest, and awake and aware in your relationships and have compassion for people. What does this mean? It means we have to deal with what is. How do your relationships feel? It's not about judgment. It's never about judgment. Judgment's a waste of time. It's not about being better or worse than anyone, but it's about taking responsibility for your life, for your energy. You are responsible for your energy, your relationships as an adult. You're responsible to choose people who can reciprocate in healthy adult relationships. You are responsible for choosing people who bring you higher, who lift your energy. Let's zero in on what gives us replenishing energy, being seen, being heard, being validated, being understood, mutual responsibility and accountability. And I'm going to add to this being pushed being challenged. When someone holds up a mirror to you and says, you are better than this. You're better than this. That can raise our energy, not to shame us, but to reflect back our beauty. In replenishing relationships, this isn't that hard. 
We don't have to work to be seen. We don't have to try and fight to be heard, validated and understood. And I'm laughing because going back to family, I spent so many years of my life begging, fighting, convincing, rationalizing, explaining why I ought to be heard. Nowadays, I'm like, you kind of get one warning. I'm going to tell you if I don't feel heard. And if you just continue to dismiss what I'm saying, I'm walking out of the room. I don't waste my energy anymore on relationships that are not reciprocal. Now, sometimes we have to slow down. Sometimes we have to really explain ourselves. If it's a complex part of our personality, the other person doesn't get it, that's normal, fine. But if we are constantly in relationships where it's always work, I never feel seen. I never feel heard. I never feel validated. I never feel understood. This never feels reciprocal. This is going to suck our energy dry. Remember, you only have so much. Draining energy is invalidating. We have to explain ourselves again and again and again. And what I find with invalidating energy is the other person in the relationship gets so stuck on whether or not they agree with you. This is in my book. It's coming out. Validation is not about agreement. It is about understanding another person's position based on who they are and their lived experience. That is what validation is. It means to declare their perspective valid given who they are, not given who you are. You can't validate someone from your own subjective experience, right? But we don't get this right. We invalidate each other and we suffer invalidation because we are fixated on whether or not we agree. Draining energy is working too hard, too often to be seen and heard. That will wear you out. And what happens? People give up. Why? Because they've run out of energy. I give up. I am done trying to explain myself to you. I am done trying to win your attention. I am done. You've heard this. You've said it. I've said, I'm done. I got to a relationship earlier, and I'll say a little bit more about this later, earlier in the year, where someone that I had poured a lot of energy in, it was a family member, real energy, love, support, humility, vulnerability, availability, all of it. And it's just, I got to like the end of my rope. I was like, I'm done. You do not see me. And I was done. And I stopped trying. Why? Because I only have so much energy to give and I'm not willing to work that hard anymore. Caretaking. This is doing emotionally for another person what they can and should be doing for themselves on a consistent basis. This will drain you. Overfunctioning. What is overfunctioning? Overfunctioning is what happens in adult relationships when there's an adult child dynamic. So one partner is more mature. One partner is more responsible. One partner makes better, wiser, healthier choices. And the other one is behaving like a child. That's overfunctioning. That will drain your energy. And these draining relationships create a cycle. And it goes like this. You ready? This is the cycle. We work hard at our relationships, but we work too hard. Then we get fed up. Then we give up. Then we pull away. Then we feel guilty because we're emotionally abandoning our partner because we've pulled away. And then we draw closer again. And we make promises and we want to get close. And we're, you know, going right back in the habit of working hard, too hard, because we're in the habit of overfunctioning. So it just starts again. 
We work too hard, we get fed up, we give up, we pull away, then we feel guilty, then we get close again, and we try again, and we work hard, but we work too hard, and we get fed up, and we give up, and then we pull away. Do you see? This goes on and on, and it can go on for years. It can go on for decades, and it can go on for our entire adult lives, and we never learn. And why don't we learn? Denial. Denial. We don't pay attention to how we feel or felt in the relationship. We are too busy trying. We're too busy working hard. We're too busy justifying, excusing, and rationalizing the behavior. Friends, we need to read the room. What exactly is going on here and how do I feel in it? How do I feel in this relationship? Do I feel lifted Do I feel drained? Do I feel replenished? Do I feel spent? How's my energy level after spending time with this person? So we've discussed this idea of energy, honing in on the energy you feel in your relationships. But before we can honestly do that, you need to zero in on your own energy first. How is your energy when you're alone? Can you relax? Are you anxious? This energy is what you're bringing to your relationships. Do you drain yourself? Do you replenish yourself? If you drain yourself, you are probably doing some of the following. You're working like a dog. You're criticizing yourself at every turn. You're shaming yourself. You are taking too much responsibility in your relationships. This is over-functioning. You're the adult and the other person's the child. You're taking way too much responsibility. You're doing the heavy lifting and that will drain you. Now, if you replenish yourself, your own energy stores, this is also called self-care. It's all about energy. What we're talking about is actually energy. Perhaps you're doing some of these things. You're resting when you need rest. You're going to bed. You're cheering yourself on. You're noticing your wins. You're noticing your hard work and the gains that you have, however small. You don't criticize yourself. You tell yourself the truth, but you also tell yourself the truth in compassion. You see your strengths, not just your weaknesses. You see your goals being accomplished, not just failure. And it always starts within us, doesn't it? The best way to assess your own energy is to spend time alone. Take a weekend. Go for a drive. Go on a solo trip. Turn off this podcast. (laughs) Yes, I just said that. Be quiet. Get quiet. Feel your own energy. Take a breath. Notice how you feel. Right now I'm anxious. I'm aware of it. There's so many things on my list of things to do. It's making me anxious. I need to work on that. This is what we bring to relationship. Now, if you find yourself in a one-way relationship, now's a good time to check in on that. We're about to turn a page here. We're going to begin a new year, and you don't need to offer someone a grand sermon. You know, I have realized that this is a one-way relationship. No, you don't need to do that. You don't need to address the dynamics directly. Not necessarily. You may want to, but you don't need to. But whatever you decide to do in the relationship, there is one thing you absolutely must do, and it is to feel We need to start feeling the relationships. What do I mean? Feel your energy when you pick up the phone. Feel your energy shift when you see their name on caller ID. You know, the sister that I just visited, I don't know when we started this, but it's so cute and we still do it. Um, 
Whenever she calls me and I see her name, I pick up the phone and we always greet each other by saying, hello, I love you. And she'll say, hello, I love you. And then the conversation starts. And we've done this for a long time. And she's just precious to me. I mean, she was, I think, the sister that protected me in really profound ways growing up. But that's how we greet each other. And my heart just leaps when I see that name come up on my caller ID. That's energy. There are other people who shall remain nameless who, if I saw their name on caller ID, I might need like an oxygen tank. (laughs) So feel your energy. Notice it. Notice how you feel when you hang up the phone. How does it feel on the back end after you've interacted with this person? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel afraid? Do you get the shame hangover? Like, oh, why did I say that? Did I say too much? Do you feel empty? Like, wow, I just spent 10 minutes on the phone and I didn't even connect with this person. Pay attention. Feel it in your gut. Feel it in your stomach. Your gut's going to tell you a lot. When you make plans with people, notice how you feel. Feel your energy when you sit down to eat. Feel your energy when you finish a meal with someone. Do you want to leave? We've all been there. You're like, I cannot get the check fast enough. Oh my gosh. Or do you just want the night to carry on? Feel the energy when you need to open up and talk about how the relationship is going. Do you feel safe? Do you feel nervous to open up? Feel the energy when you're vulnerable. Feel the energy when you share a win with someone or when you share a loss. Some people are great when we're failing, but they cannot handle our victories. Feel the energy when you're just silent together. Folks, the energy is real. You can feel it, you can own it, or you can fight it and you can deny it. But the only way to transform it is to acknowledge it as it is. We need to read the room. Your closest relationships, which is, again, the people you spend the most time with, will affect who you are. Their energy is going to rub off on you to a profound extent. So ask yourself, is this replenishing or is it draining? Now, what do we do about draining relationships, Vanessa? How do we make them non-draining? How do you make a draining relationship a replenishing relationship? Well, first things first, boundaries, boundaries. Did I say boundaries? Boundaries. Sometimes, friends, we need to limit the amount of time we spend with emotionally draining people. And I have been an emotionally draining person and I have been a replenishing person. And that's okay. I think it's okay that we know that about ourselves. But Yeah, we need to limit how much time we spend with people who drain us. We only have so much energy and we need that energy to live our lives, make good decisions, take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, accomplish our goals, go to work, dream, live our dreams. We need energy. We need our energy to to eat well. We need it to sleep well. What do you mean, Vanessa? How do you need energy to sleep? Here's why. It sounds contradictory. It's not. If we're squandering our energy during the day, we are going to feel depressed and anxious. You know, we are, those of us who are in our 30s and 40s, we're growing, we're the last generation that played outside quite a bit, right? We grew up without phones. We grew up without computers in our houses. A lot of us, they just weren't, they weren't common enough, right? They just weren't around, We got email in college. We didn't grow up on little screens. We watched TV. We watched movies, but we played. We played games. We played cards. We are growing up with a generation of younger people whose energy is spent on screens, having halfway cyber removed relationships. You don't think that the rates of depression and anxiety are raising and that's related? 
Come on. We're created for social interaction. We're made for it. We thrive in it. That's what our energy should be going to. Now, when we spend our days working jobs we hate in relationships with people who don't replenish us, yes, it's going to affect our sleep. Why? Because we're going to be stressed. A good expenditure of energy throughout the day leads to good sleep. We all know this. We sleep well when we've had a satisfying day of expending and investing our energy well. So we need boundaries to keep our energy focused and available. We need boundaries in order to sleep. (laughs) Sounds contradictory. It's not. Now, we might need to address it. Again, we're looking at our options. Okay, I'm in a one-way relationship. What do I do? Well, you might need to address it. We might need to ask for what we need. Maybe we need to talk about when we feel full in the relationship and lift it up and when we feel drained. Ask for more of what you need. Sometimes people just don't know. They don't know that a certain dynamic is draining. They don't know that something that they do really lifts you up. So speak up. Say what you need. Maybe you can address the drainage. Now, let's talk about emotional cutoffs. Emotional cutoffs are a severe form of boundaries. And this is when we sever a relationship from all contact. And I have worked through emotional cutoffs with many of my clients. Some of them have been permanent. So heartbreaking. Some of them have been temporary, but they just needed it. They needed that cutoff to gain clarity, to work on their own boundaries, to hear their own voice. And very often the person that they're being cut off from doesn't get it. And that's part of why they need a cutoff. But it's hard. Okay, it's the most severe form of a boundary. And most of the time, if you're getting to a point where you're cutting someone out or off, it's reserved for a relationship that is so toxic and painful that we wind up hurt every time we interact with them. Okay, if you're in relationship with someone in your life and every single time you interact with them, it's painful, it's harmful, it's hurtful to you, it may be time to at least consider some real distance. And if that's not enough, you may need an emotional cutoff. Again, it doesn't have to be forever, but it might be necessary. It's drastic. It's strong. But sometimes it's the only option we have to protect what? Our energy. So... I've said this a few times. Think about those five people in your life. Who comes to mind? Who drains you? And who lifts you up? I know you're thinking of someone, maybe multiple people. Here's the deal. It's normal. This is a healthy part of being in relationship. We have to know how much energy our relationships are taking from us and how much they're giving us. Some of us are absolutely exhausted. We're spent. We don't feel close. We're drained. And this is probably because we are pouring time and energy into people who are not reciprocating. They may be immature. They may be emotionally available. They may be too wounded to give to you. They may be perpetually in crisis. We know people like this. It's time to pay attention. Don't carry on into another year without knowing who replenishes you and who drains you. All right, let's pause there. We are ending this year together on a high, wonderful note on the Vanessa Landino podcast. We're well over 6,000 downloads. I think we're into 25 to 30 countries. It's growing all the time. Just got this email. Missy from Tampa wrote to me and said, I think I've listened to every podcast episode and many of them twice. Shared them with friends too. I love what you're doing and can't wait for your book. Thank you for sharing your gift with the world. Hey, Missy, thank you. Thank you. How sweet. 
thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time to write, and thank you so much for sharing this podcast with people. I think this week, share this podcast with someone who replenishes you. And don't be passive-aggressive now and share this with someone who drains you, all right? I'm going to be Jersey Blunt. If you need to address something, you address it. You don't share podcasts with people. Well, I really hope you get it. You know, that's passive-aggressive. If you're going to share it with someone who drains you, here's the rule. Be clear. Be like, look, I listen to this podcast. I want you to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. And then let's talk about it. But be clear. Be upfront. You deserve it. They deserve it. Don't be passive aggressive. But seriously, share this with someone who fills you up. They need to know and they deserve to know. So that Tesla quote, I love it. Nikola Tesla, what a genius. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Folks, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with energy, our energy, and the energy we commingle with each and every day. Seek your own energy first. I remember meeting with a spiritual healer years ago, and I'll say this and then we'll wrap up, but I was nervous about the meeting. I really love this guy, and I'd heard him speak, and, you know, he was just kind of impressive to me, and there's so many dynamics at play, but um, I, you know, wanted to look good. I wanted to sound good. I wanted to sound strong and spiritual. Meanwhile, I'm going to him for spiritual counseling and, um, and he could feel it. And I was self-conscious and my energy was being pulled away from being present. I couldn't be totally present with him because I was too concerned with how I was being perceived. So the first thing he said to me, I sat down and he just looked right in my eyes and he said, your aura is weak. (laughs) Great. And it was. It was. And the reason why it was weak is because I was chasing approval. I was in self-doubt and I was not trusting myself. And that energy reads a certain way. But when we're vibrating from within, when we are just buzzing with hope, joy, knowledge, love, truth, healing, grace, our energy affects others. And in all this, Remember, you can say it with me, your sole work is to discover who you truly are and learn to love that human being. Discover your energy. Get alone, feel it, then share it. All right, till next week. This podcast is recorded in Nashville, Tennessee and edited by Jared Bentley. I'm Vanessa Londino and you just listened to the Vanessa Londino Podcast.